beer. Yeah, Paulo, come get a beer. <laughs> Two beers. Three. Come get a beer. We don't have any. Buy it on your way and give us a couple. Yeah. Budweiser, Guinness, really any beer other than Pilsner. Pepsi beer. <laughs> Pepsi, Pepsi beer. Zero beer. Dr. Pepper beer. Nice tea beer. Oh, fun. And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Cats with Tin Hats, a podcast that Pepsi actually responded to one of our Instagram messages. They do not want to partner with us at this current moment, but you know, the future's the future. Guys, don't go out and send them hate. It's okay. (laughs) Drink Coke. (laughs) I'm sticking with the bay. Anyway, this week we're talking about the absolute classic Steven Spielberg movie, Close Encounters with the Third Kind. And just like every other podcast, before we go into it, what were your general impressions? Yeah, it was was good. Fun. Answered a lot of questions. I'll leave it to that right now. (laughs) Um, I enjoyed it. I thought that uh, Richard Dreyfuss was really well cast in this movie and... Just an all-around great score, obviously, with John Williams, but um, all-around great movie. I didn't see really too much wrong with it at all. Oh, it, that first time watching it for me, I loved it. I keep forgetting how good Spielberg is because he makes so many films. And I just think he's one of these, ah, oh, he's a like, once-a-year guy, but no, he's a uh, once-a-year knock-out-of-the-park type dude. Oh, yeah. Uh, so Close Accounts of the Third Kind, it won two... Oscars, <laughs> one for Best Cinematography, one it was a Special Achievement Award for Sound Effects and Editing, nominated for Best Actress for Melinda Dillon, Best Director, Best Art Direction, Sound, Film Editing, Visual Effects, and Original Score. That's what they were going for? That's what they won? Uh, that's what they were nominated for. Oh, okay. Yeah. Fair enough. It came out in 1977. I was wrong before. It was 77. <laughs> came out. Starring Richard Dreyfuss, Francois Truffaut. Terry Gar, Melinda Dillon, Bob Balaban, J. Patrick McNamara, McNamara and a lot of, lot, lot of other people. Again, this is another ensemble type picture. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, let's just go into the film. Spoilers here on out. Although this came out in 77. Have you like, seen it? What the hell are you doing? With <laughs> He's got, I, looked over, I looked over at the screen and then I came back and you had the sheet. Sorry, guys. My future is just so bright. That's why I'm wearing sunglasses. And this, you know, and it's also because of the uh... dude. Dude, do you have a sunburn? Yeah, it's on the it's, it's on the one side of my face though. <laughs> Got a Richard Dreyfuss and here too. Here. <laughs> you turkey. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's my favorite line out of this entire movie. It's a solid line. <laughs> Actually, before we get into the film, fun fact: Do you know what "close encounters of the third kind" means? Yes. Close. Yes. Encounters, encounters mm-hmm. of a thrice kind. Kind. That's, is that what that means? Yeah. Close. Because like the <laughs> aliens had three arms. Because there's three kinds of encounters. Oh, spiritual? No. Physical? Oh, physical. Auditory. And. Telekinetic. And, and, and hearing, right? You, you, you are kind of close. Oh, what is Awake, it? Awake, asleep, mind. So the first encounter, the encounter of the first kind is visual. It's when you just see something, you don't interact with anything. You guys didn't see it. No, something like that. Uh, the second kind of encounter is something that leaves a physical trace. 
Okay. So if there was it's like, like shit on the ground, like if <laughs> done, yeah, like that happened. If suddenly this table flipped for no reason, <laughs> that's a fucking demon. <laughs> that would be an encounter of the second kind. But the uh, third kind is actually meeting. Oh, so, so oh, physical. An encounter of the third kind is actually meeting, shaking, like shaking hands, hands. wherever it is, and that was coined by Dr. Alan J. Hynek, who was a uh, very famous cosmologist. Cosmologist? Cosmologist? Oh, okay. You know what they call his kids? Heineken. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> no? Okay. I like it. I'm in the movie. <laughs> I dig it. Can you dig it? So I'd say a good way to describe the first half of this movie, it's Spielberg in his prime as a thriller. It, it's very <laughs> suspenseful and all that. Then when we get to the second half of this movie, it really that's when we start diving into the E.T. type Spielberg, the Ready Player One, the child fantasy, the mm-hmm. amazement and all that. In a child wonder is what we get from the second half. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it's really telling in his filmography, because after this one, that's when he starts going into those types of stories of like the child like wonder and stuff like that. Cupping off the back of jaws and duel. Oh so, yeah. yeah, sick movie. If you haven't seen Duel, go check it out. It's, it's good. nasty. It's about I haven't seen it. It's about this guy who's driving, I think, to a business meeting or mm. driving back from a business driving back meeting, from and this oil tanker is driving. Yeah. And he passes the oil tanker and then slows down, and the oil tanker is pissed because he passed oh. him, and they just chase each other, and it's crazy. So it's kind of like. Uh... What's that new movie that came out with Russell Crowe? Oh, un- Unhinged. Unhinged. Kind of. Yeah, I'd be like that. He, so, funny story about this. I was behind the scenes and on Jaws. When he did, he did Duel first, I want to yeah. say. Yeah, that was his correctly. first. So he did Duel and it was like a success. The, he named Jaws Jaws and he was like, oh, it has to be a success too because it's a four letter title. So oh. that's what he equated it to was that it was four letters. Sure. And I was like, he goes, you know what, next one, don't care. Close Encounters of the Third Kind, longest title we can make. <laughs> oh my gosh. But no, that was just, I, I love Duel. That was like, yeah. oh yeah, wicked movie. But, sorry. Well, back to the uh, film at hand. <laughs> so we open on a black screen. <gasps> just like Fire in the Sky. <laughs> But unlike that movie, I was kind of invested more in this one. I don't know why. Even though there was no noise. But then it was just... It's like a loud screech mm-hmm. that came in. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think right off the bat, comparing the two, Fire in the Sky, to this movie, I think the loud screech just drew me in right away, as opposed to like the long... Nothing. Light, nothing yeah. happening. And I was... Nothing was still happening, but at least it, there was some auditory senses going for me. Yeah. It, it, I think for me, like like you were saying before with like the childlike wonder and stuff, like right here, like we start off and it was uh, in Mexico, right? After yeah, that Sonora does it. Yeah, and it's like in the middle of a sandstorm and yeah. all I could feel was just Indiana Jones. Yeah. Like, it just mm, felt yeah. in the end, it was like indie vibes, and I'm like, all right, here we go. Like, we're on this adventure yeah. ride, and then it's like, I'm pretty sure we don't even meet our, our protagonist for, or our main character yeah. 
for how long? Like 15 minutes? Something like that. It's a while before Richard Dreyfuss gets It's pretty finished. crazy. I'm going to unplug this water cooler so it doesn't keep yelling. No worries. Because I thought, because it's been a while since I've seen Jaws, and I kind of forgot what his face looked like, I thought the, I thought, what's his name? Uh, Bob Balaban was Richard Dreyfus. Because he was covered in that thick beard. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. I got a good look at his face. I'm like, oh, no, that's not him. <laughs> okay, I was wrong. Yeah. It, it's... I don't even... Like, at the beginning of this movie, I was like... Throughout the movie, and we start here with, like, 1945, the bombers that they oh. found, right? That were mm-hmm. supposedly going missing. Yeah. And then they find the boat later on. Spoiler alert. We'll talk about that later. But I was like, wait, are we just... Is everything, like, that was taken from the Bermuda Triangle just, just showing, up. showing up? That's what I thought originally, but I don't know if that's actually what happened. I got to do some research into, like... Yeah. If that's an actual thing. Like an actual fact or if it was just yeah. like kind of made-believe? Or yeah, like made up for the story, story yeah. aspect. I'm, I'm genuinely curious if that's stuff where it's like, oh, you know. Because you hear about that stuff all the time yeah. happening yeah. in Bermuda Triangle. Yeah. But, yeah. but yeah. you also, I think, like around World War Two, you do also have reports of... Um, Lots of grounded planes been going missing. Yeah, pilots referencing stuff to be UFOs, then disappearing, mm-hmm. not knowing what it is, and then you just suddenly reappear. Yeah. But they have no idea what happened. And they don't even report it as a UFO. Because I'm like, I don't know. I don't want to report it as that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then what we're talking about today for our conspiracy theory happened right around that time, too. Yeah. 1947 was when it happened. Mm. Like, in June-ish. June 14th, I want to say. Yeah. Somewhere in there. Yeah. Uh, I would say, because this is when we also introduced Francois Truffaut as uh, the French guy. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Claude Lacombe. Lacombe. However you pronounce it. I did not know this until I was watching the behind the scenes of this uh, movie. But do you know what Francois Truffaut is actually famous for? No idea. He is one of the founding fathers of French New Wave cinema. Really? Yeah. That's cool. He is, was one of the biggest French writers directors in like the 50s, 60s oh, wow. era. And going to, because I, I, I know a couple of the films that go in there. Uh, one of them being the 400 Blows, probably one of the most famous French New Wave films. If you haven't seen it, recommend it. It's kind of hard to find, but it's beautiful. He wrote and directed that. Really? Yeah, Spielberg really... This was Spielberg's like, number one guy. He's like, I've got a French guy. I want one of the gods of French cinema. Can I get him? And he got him. Did he? And like, did he single-handedly like want Francois Lacombe or whatever? Yeah. Yeah, shit. Hmm? That's actually, that's shit, that's cool. That's uh, kind of dope. I thought you like, oh, shit. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, shit, that's cool. That's actually dope. Yeah, but um, as soon as Francois Truffaut came on, because he's a massive cinephile too, kind of like a Tarantino mm-hmm. character, he goes up to Spielberg on day one and goes, look, I am an actor. I am not going to step on your shoes in any way as a director. You tell me what to do, and I'll do it. And he was the easiest actor to work with. That's, that's you know what? Kind of shocking. But, uh, awesome. Like, that's dope that he has, like, because you're almost wondering, like, okay, well, did you have one person that was kind of like that on set? You're like, okay, get get out of here, right? Or was it, like, that's pretty cool how it, right from day one. Day one, he was, like, yeah, full respect. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. full on. That's pretty cool. Because, again, this is when Spielberg is a new director. He's still up and coming at this point. Yeah, he's still young. Yeah. Yeah, because he was, like, I remember watching behind the scenes of Jaws. He 
at the beginning of Jaws, they went so over budget, so over time. And he was so brand new. He was in Hollywood. Oh, he's in, like, yeah, he's in now. If Jaws didn't become like the first ever blockbuster, oh. yeah, he there would be no Steven Spielberg. Spielberg. Yeah. No. But I was, I'm genuinely surprised in this movie because if you watch Jaws, it takes so long to get to the shark to actually see it. Yeah, and sure. It's like, for me, at the beginning, when we're driving and like, we're we're driving down the road with Richard Dreyfus and we see these the UFOs. I'm like, wow, that was really that was really quick into this movie. If if like for Steven Spielberg, I thought, and then I was like, well, no, that's kind of like seeing the sh- the shadow of the shark over top. Yeah, because yeah, you just see them disappear, and it's like an hour of them trying to figure out what's going on. Yeah, but now if we're going into Dreyfus, fun fact about him. Mm-hmm. He was not Spielberg's first choice. Really? Who or was his it? character? Uh, the one and only. I'm trying to find all the... Because there's a conversation that I wrote it down. So... Oh, where is it? Well, I think I see it. Oh, yeah. Steve? Yeah, Steve McQueen. McQueen. Really? Yeah. He had a meeting. Spielberg went to Steve McQueen's hometown. Went to a bar called The Doom Room. Steve McQueen broke up a fight partway through the conversation. Mad fucking. Almost got involved himself, but knowing uh, Spielberg was there, he stepped aside and went back to the meeting. That's just fucking man fucking right there. And at the end of the conversation, Steve McQueen said, I decided I can't play this character. You can't play the character of Roy. Because in the early script, uh, the early um, writings of Close Encounters, uh, the character of Roy was going to be either a police officer or an army guy. Oh, okay. Because if you have testimony from them, it's a lot more viable than testimony from Correct. the everyman. Oh, yeah. But then Spielberg wanted, then changed it to be like an, your everyday guy. Because um, then that way more people can relate to the characters. Oh, that's me up there. That's me. That would be me if I saw UFOs just coming over. Yeah. Just yeah. to get that barrier of flexibility. But then um, uh, Spielberg quoted that he was on three beers Steve McQueen was on his 14th at this point in the conversation <laughs> and McQueen's response to why he couldn't play it is I can't cry on film I've never been able to cry on film Spielberg going uh, I'll cut out the crying if it gets you in I'll cut it out and then McQueen's like no the crying broke my heart almost made me cry reading it but once the camera rolls I can't deliver the goods so he stepped aside they became close friends after that conversation they still kept in touch that's yeah, sick but even before going back to Richard Dreyfus, he asked Dustin Hoffman, Al Pacino, Gene Hackman oh, wow. for this role. He went through so many people. But because this was also at the same time as he was working on Jaws, uh, Richard Dreyfus really wanted this part. No doubt. Because him and Spielberg were talking about it. It's like, dude, that's got to be me. That's me. <laughs> he's I'm chomping one, at the I'm 100% Roy. <laughs> and every time he's like, oh, what about... Um, I think Jack Nicholson, he was throwing that name around for a bit. He goes, what oh, about wow. Jack Nicholson? He goes, nah, too angry. You don't want him. He started bad-mouthing every single actor in Hollywood to get his roles. Like, you don't want him. This is why. You don't want him. This is why. He's psycho. And it got to the point where um, Dreyfus and Spielberg was just sitting talking. goes, you know what you need, Spielberg? You need a child. That's what you need. And Spielberg kind of had a, you're right. You've got it. <laughs> that's sick. And that's how Dreyfus got the role of Roy. Here's the question that I came up with. 
Once upon a time in Hollywood happens, yeah. Rick Dalton does get the great escape. Let's just say alternate dimension. Yeah. Does he in turn go to that meeting with Spielberg? Do you think? Probably. Yeah, probably. Honestly. Insane. Sipping on his whiskey sounds like I, 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 I sure can. I, I can. I can do this. I can. I can give anything you you can give me. So Rick, so Dal- Rick Dalton's taken. <laughs> Richard Richard it's his fucking. Fuck you, Rick <laughs> Dalton. <laughs> Come on, Dalton. Sorry, but that is a crazy story. Sorry, I'm such an idiot. Because the whole reason Spielberg didn't want Richard Dreyfuss for that role in the first place was because they were working on Jaws, and he had his mindset on, no, he's the guy from Jaws. He's, mm-hmm. oh, he's a marine biologist. He knows, he's a shark guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's not this guy. He's a shark guy. I can't. He can't be the alien guy and the shark guy. It's yeah. not fair. And it was only afterwards, after like, that, you know, child, so many, I'm a child. So after just so right. many bad mouthing people, it's like, no, the, not Tutsi sucks. And it's funny because he did the same thing with Harrison Ford later on because he was worried about Harrison Ford playing Indiana Jones because he was like, you're already Han Solo. Like, you can't oh. be Han Solo oh, and, and, and yeah. Indiana yeah. Jones. You're just Han Solo in the desert. Yeah. That's all That's all it is. So I thought you you were talking about if like Richard Dreyfuss was going to be able to go, no, Han Solo. No, he's already got a big part. Hit me this one. I don't want to be no. you want Harrison Ford? Oh. He's already Han Solo. He's in space already. <laughs> Dude, you're all At the end, he comes down, I take a spot. And I play Vader. Harrison Ford plays the, <laughs> the alien. He comes out, he's like, yeah. hi. <laughs> just in the and like in like the black vest in the Han Solo outfit with the gun and just hands it over to him, and then Chewie says, and then they're all and sitting like this, yeah. Uh, and, yeah. Uh, and then that's how the movie ends with a question mark too, like black screen yeah. question mark. And then done. But it but then it zooms out, comes up to like the Death Star, it's like, ha ha. Yeah, Luke. Luke. And he's like, no! Yeah. And then he hits. That's impossible! <laughs> Darth Vader goes like this. Bam. He hits the planet destroyer and murders Earth. No problem, Steven. Well, call us. Let us know what you think. Yeah, Steven and, uh, you know, George. Call us. That's the director's cut. <laughs> yeah, that's, when, that, that's, the one, that's the one you missed. <laughs> what a picture. <laughs> so Richard Dreyfus is introduced. Yes, sorry. Roy Neary. <laughs> the hero of this picture. Well, he's a he's one of the heroes. He's a somebody. He's, he's one of the heroes. Yeah. Like, there's so many. There's like he's like, like you're saying. Yeah, it's like an, he's uh, one of the main heroes. Like he's more of a bystander than anything because he's he's he gets kicked out of everything. He just saw the aliens once. He's like, nah, out. You saw nothing. Get out. Yeah. Um, like he's like. You don't see the hero aspect really of him until the last half of this movie when they start going to yeah. Devil's Tower. Yeah. And you yeah. really see like Yeah, again to see more crazy barn boy. He's a joker, baby. <laughs> like, um what was it? It was Yeah, in Independence Day, right? When remember the one guy's like I had like the bar and like they're all making fun of him, so he got zapped up, they don't believe him. That's who he is. Yeah, that's who he is with like the first <laughs> half of this. Hey bye. <laughs> Oh! <laughs> it's yelling turkey. Oh my god. I, that line, the way, the delivery of that line. That's, that's, how, that's, that's acting right there. But 
we open we meet Richard Dreyfus and there is like he has a miniature probably bigger than this table like 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 the miniatures and stuff. Oh. I, I, all I could think about was Beetlejuice when I saw that. Oh, it was, oh yeah, 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 it was so cool. It was, it was Mortal. It was Mortal Train, right? Yeah, yeah. Like his kids, like hey, I I, I don't understand fractions. <laughs> that was oh, and then this thing thought I was fucking great. He's like just insulted his son basically. <laughs> The reason I stopped going, the reason why I graduated, is so I didn't have to do this shit anymore. <laughs> Kids are like, he's like, okay, what's, whatever, what's like three like the, fourths of eight? He's like, it's a fraction. <laughs> I can't do it. I'm like, fair enough, Richard Dreyfus. The kid told you he can't do it. And then you asked him, he doesn't have the tools, Richard Dreyfus. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's why they should have gone Steve McQueen. <laughs> Steve McQueen's like, yeah, I get in the back. Just <laughs> pop the cigarette. <laughs> I got this. He's <laughs> like three fourths. <laughs> <laughs> three fourths. He's the hack of the dart. The kids sit right there. It's like what? Oh, right in the kids' face. <laughs> Jesus Christ! This is the seventies. <laughs> yeah, they want to go to Goofy Golf or yeah. uh, Pinocchio. Yeah, Goofy Golf. They want to go to Golf. He wants to watch Pinocchio. Yeah, he's like he- Pinocchio. It's great, and then they're all just dissing the movie. <laughs> It's just like, wow. Straight up insult the movie to your dad. To the point where Richard Dreyfus threatens murder <laughs> to his child. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> have you thought about how thematically perfect it is that Richard Dreyfus wants to watch Pinocchio, though? It's a <laughs> film about a, a kid who, when he lies, his nose grows. But it's all about dreaming about the stars and dreaming about unrealistic ex- expectations. I've really. I think he just liked the movie. That's, that's sick. Because, like... It's the little it, things. During this movie, the setup and payoffs of, like, even the writing in the sense of, like... In the first five minutes of this movie, the setup is there for the payoff for five minutes left in this movie. Yeah. Like, it, it is a lot of, like... They go to meet the guy, and he has a sun... They go to meet the old man, the local, and he has a sunburn on his face. And then we realize, like, all this stuff. Like, the setup and payoffs in this movie are, are very... They're very um, scattered, but they yeah. all end up at the end, and you're like, yeah, they all make sense at the end, and they all, and you feel fulfilled by yeah. them, right? It's like, I don't know, but yeah, because like everything really starts to kick off when the pow- when the UFOs just kind of blast through, and all the power starts going out everywhere. Yeah, yeah. like before this, we meet the kid. Like, yeah, before Barry. Richard Bryce, right. we meet Barry. And let's just talk about... Oh, that's some fucking haunted shit right there, man. This is the worst fear I have when we talk about, how, like, hey, you know, kids in the future. Worst fear ever, kids seeing ghosts, aliens... Demons. Ghost, demons. alien, demon. Ghost, alien, demons. All that shit. That's my worst fear in life. And this kid... It freaks all. me out because later in the movie he calls him back. He he yeah. he does. He goes like this. He's playing on the xylophone and then they start flying back. I'm like, that's what we, we were good. And then Buddy he to say hi. Uh, and everybody's right fucking around with shit they don't know about. But also though, like so, like, yeah, when the kid Barry, right, Barry, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, he, how, how does he? He wakes up. Does he hear tapping on the window or? Is it his toys that wake him up? How does he wake? Why does he wake up again? 
Or does he just wake up? I think he just wakes up with everything going on. Right? Yeah, because then, like, this creepy monkey starts playing the tambourine. Oh, yeah, the fucking, yeah, that fucking shit. And then it's like... And so you're thinking, is this the right movie, first of all? Or am I watching some, like, goddamn The Omen? <laughs> yeah, then he got wakes up. Then he goes down outside. Mom wakes up. First, you know, first, you know, Barry, and then, like, looks at the window, sees him. Kind of calm. Barry, get back in here. It's like, <laughs> it's like gee, he's three. It's like four in the morning. You're in Montana. There are coyotes out there. He's looking like a snack to those coyotes. And like she's just like nonchalantly like trying to catch up to this kid. Can't catch up to this kid. Yeah, she she doesn't for like spread. No. Like she, like, she, like, she just kinda walks. Yeah. Like Barry. And then it's like, you know maybe it's because she was wearing her like, you know, jean shorts and blouse or you know I don't, I'm wearing fucking jorts so. but like come on girl like you know come on like you can run like your legs were good she's running through the forest screaming at the top of her life Barry and I'm like Jesus yeah. fucking when the when the record player started going uh, yeah four the door is a rectangle not a square whatever the fuck yeah. I'm like this is terrifying yeah. it was, like this is your kid doesn't forget that. That's scarred for life territory. Fucking that seven, the seventies like kid stuff was fucked. <laughs> yeah, because like that song was like that. It's definitely a demon song. Yeah, like like, like the door is a rectangle and like it's like what the it's like fuck? what the fuck is this? And then there's a Frankenstein that lights up and his yeah. pants fall down. <laughs> it's just it's weird. But because it doesn't it cut from like her to him a lot like the, like the, whatever who, who was the actress again who played uh, what was her name Melinda Dillon Melinda Dillon right it, it, it jumps from her scene to then uh, where you drive us to scene yeah. right? a lot right yeah. and until until they meet up right yeah yeah mm-hmm. okay yeah because that's when like Dreyfus is called into work saying hey you got a power outage you go on yeah and then you drive his truck and that's when his truck stops and then or stalls or whatever it is and then and he just sees the UFO just go yeah UFO and then the people behind him are like move out of the way it's like he's lost he's yeah yeah and all the power goes out and yeah it's like straight up hey did you guys want to go fill up on shell gas and yeah. grab McDonald's I'm like oh alright fair enough these two great American staples are affected by the UFOs yeah America's powerless to the power. <laughs> Shit, dog. See? This is it. Also, America's powerless with Richard Dreyfus's frickin' sideburns in this flick. Oh, God. Oh, my <laughs> God. Did you see these things? They were on display. I just want to say, it was like it was like when you get a new pair of boots, just walking around town. Yeah. Just you gotta break sh- them in. Just really show off. <laughs> really show off. Yeah. Just... <laughs> And all these oh. moods on made for fucking. <laughs> and they're just going like this. Right? Yeah, there's... I mean, he did look good. Oh, yeah, he looks like a stat. You know what? I'm thinking about growing them, guys. It's a Patreon level. <laughs> Five bucks. Five bucks. Per cyber. Per cyber. <laughs> okay, enough for the left one, but not the right one. <laughs> I walk in like this. <laughs> and they're like mutton chops now. Oh yeah! Bring the mutton chops back, and like everything else, clean shave. Just mutton chops, mullet, fun. That's fucking Texas style, right there, baby. And then all of a sudden, I start singing Neil Young really heavily, and I'm like, Yeah, I've been looking for a heart of gold. Yeah, and And everybody's like, (gasps) No, (laughs) yeah, and you're golden. There you go. But uh, yeah, so then going back to like 
Then the kid, and like, so when the kid, I'm going, I know I'm kind of jumping a little, little head here, but like, so like after the, I think he gets the power back, it kind of jumps back to Barry, and he's like, still, still fuck? He's like now from like Montana and to like the highway. Oh, yeah. And then there's those like hillbilly fuckers. I for sure thought they were gonna like kidnap him and eat him or something. Cause those like, cause he's like, cause Buddy's whistling. Like he's whatever, like he's yeah. the old dude's whistling. Winks at Barry. And then there's like those three fat fucks, probably his son, <laughs> who just like, hey, pa, like, is that fucking food? Like, I for sure thought we were gonna see something <laughs> fucked. See, I, I thought for a fact Richard Dreyfus was gonna kill the kid. That too! <laughs> Because he's just speeding, and like, yeah, yeah. Barry's in the road. <laughs> you know, Richard Dreyfuss. <laughs> oh, fuck. Clunk, clunk. What was that? It's a raccoon. This is a totally different movie. <laughs> Richard Dreyfuss is on the run. Oh, and my then, God. But yeah, like, I, I for okay, sure that's... thought, like, like, that scene for sure, I'm like, I, oh, Barry's dead. Like, just those, th- those, whatever, two or three, whatever fat sons that were there, just like... I do apologize for those two people, people who had to play those guys, but like they were hillbillies. Yeah, like they were inbred hips. And then the dad just like, and they were just whistling on the side of the road where they knew. How the fuck did they know where the aliens were? Were they aliens? Don't know. Just saying. Who 51, knows? One man, he got, he got, he Great. met Bigfoot. And then freaking. Yeah, she comes. I think and then, about that scene. And then fucking just a goddamn GTA chase scene with some UFOs and the cops. Yeah, like. I mean, like, before that, like, again, I feel like in a lot of these movies, we got another UFO fake out, too. Yeah. And it was like, all of a sudden. Right. It's like, oh, car, get out of the road. Do you know where Cornville is? Turkey! Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. What a liner. It's like, oh, shit, way to insult. (laughs) You turkey to go. Oh, my God, man. So after the car chase, we're in India. Is it India? I'm pretty sure it's India right after the car chase. Alright. Or I'm missing a couple. No, 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 very well. I, get, I, last time I, I watched it last week, so I'm kind of fuzzy for some details. My note-taking is zone in. Oh, where I'm supposed to take notes? Right down. Zone in. I keep forgetting <laughs> I'm supposed to be taking notes. No, it's alright. I just want to say that this cop in the car chase full send off the oh, side oh. of a cliff. It was the most insane oh, shit yeah. I've ever seen. He's like... And doesn't let up at all. He's like, God, you better take me to hell before I don't get this freaking. It was. I don't. I don't even know how to say it because I was laughing my ass off. He thought he had uh, the cheat code on to fly. Yeah. yeah, and then it turns back to them, and they're looking as like the power turns back on. Yeah, yeah. It reminds me if you guys ever been to Orlando uh, Universal when like the ET ride. That's exactly what it reminds me of when you cut like. <laughs> You come up and it's like lights to look like a small town. Totally reminds me of that. And I was like, Yeah. It's pretty dope. But anyway, we're in India. Uh, or Mongolia or something. Oh, with right? the, um, oh, when they were singing the, yeah. oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. There were some. Oh, the hands. Yeah, I think, yeah, 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 yeah. It's right, yeah. Uh, oh. I was so confused there at first. I'm like, What the fuck? Because I, I thought they were still in the States where, like, the, yeah, where the crash was. I thought they were, like, people just all went there and they were, like, praying to. This entity, but okay, yeah, not makes sense. Until like, because I didn't know. I was like, what are these? Like, what's this? Like, is this like a like? What's this song or the? I thought it was just like a religious. Yeah, same. That's what I thought too. And then I was like, but then I remember at the beginning when they met the local with the sunburn. He said the sun came out at night. Yeah. And it sang to him. 
And then right. I, I watched I watched like an hour in today before oh, filming this. Yeah, and when I rewatched them, I'm like, oh, you sly... Sly son of a bitch. I didn't hear you say that the first time. I'll have to rewind back a little bit. Like I said, yeah, so he's sunburned. And then she's straight up flashes him, basically. Like, oh, I'm sunburned here. And it's like, oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like... Just not even giving a shit. It's Chemistry just, right off the bat. Yeah, all the bat. Like, yeah, you know he was like... And like, the second you saw him together, you knew it's like, oh, he's straight up leaving his wife for her. Oh, yeah. that The first thing I thought when they, like, kind of... When he saved... When he almost killed her kid, he was like, yeah, he's, they're gonna... And, like, and also, again, going back just a little bit back to, like, when she, like when kid leaves the house and, like, it goes to her when her TV turns on to the house. That's how she wakes up. Wakes up. At first, like, oh, is that, like, the older sister? Because she was pretty hot. That's what I'm saying. In the 70s, you got it. Yeah. Might be weird for me saying no, I don't give a shit. Well, she's still alive. Yeah, she's a good looking girl. Yeah. Who? Um Jillian. Jillian. The mum. The mum? Barry's mum. I just thought she was very attractive. I just want to say that. Just you know what? Good on you. She had the looks I'm an ugly fuck, so it's alright. Dude, look at the camera, ask her out. Maybe she's watching this. Hey. <laughs> you know, you're probably fucking I don't know how old. You're in Melinda Dillon. You know, late fifties, early sixties? Born in October 13th, 1939. Oh, yeah, no. Oh, Arkansas. So right. you, you know. Hey, in the 70s, you had it. <laughs> in 2021, you can have it, too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I, don't, I haven't seen a recent picture of her. I mean, you like to watch. You like her, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess. But anyways, though. So Fun, fun fact about Melissa Dillon, though. Mm-hmm. She was cast 48 hours before she was required on set for the first day. Wow, they did not have a char- They did not have an actor for Jillian. That would suck. Like it was the Thursday. They were shooting on Monday. Her first scene. Spielberg was the Thursday before. Going, I don't have. I don't have the actress. I don't. I don't know what am I going to do. And he, did, did he do like a nationwide casting, or did or did she or did she already read and didn't get the part? No, it was he was going the next day. He was going to send out like a mass casting call for it. Yeah. Because he, because this was going to be the first day shooting on the mountain, and they couldn't reschedule that. Oh my god! It was really? Dan's It was one of his friends. Oh, um, who told who told him about her? Yeah, she was an agent. Sent okay. over some reels that, from the most recent film she did. He watched it. Called her up. Yeah, she's got it. Wow. The day after was when they cast Barry. It was between two kids, two three-year-olds, and they did like um, two different screen tests. Screen tests, and apparently the kid playing Barry, was, he was just so quiet and attentive and knew everything going on. It's like he's going to be the kid that's easiest to work with. Go with him. Jeffrey. So yeah, she was a really quick. That would be so terrifying. So yeah, you have two days to learn these lines. Like learn this scene at least. Yeah. I'd, oh, I'd... I was like, okay, like maybe when the kid. Yeah. Leaves or like you're going through. That's what the, I thought. Woods, well, it's not too like, bad. It's like, hey, just yell Barry. That's all you gotta do and walk. Yeah, it's like no, you're climbing up the <laughs> Devil's Tower with the Richard Dreyfus, screaming and falling, and you are there to try and find your kid who was taken by aliens. You got a day. Day one action. Also, there might or might not be nerve gas. <laughs> so, yeah. By the way, you got a full. But you know what? 26 hours you're needed on set at 4 o'clock in the morning. Come on over. But at least she there. had probably had that panic. Oh, oh my God. Oh, my God. So it probably would work, work for her. Because, like, yeah. oh, God. Yeah. She also was kind of, like, iffy about it, too. Oh, really? Because she, 
she got the script and she was like close to the other third kind. It's an alien movie. Oh, I don't want to be in outer space. I don't oh, okay. And she, she was saying rare. she's like a bit lazy. So she only goes to the parts where like, it says Jillian, her character's name. She's like, eh. It got to like one of the last pages where she's taking pictures on the mountain. She goes, oh, it's on Earth. And then like, Jillian. The fact of her character taking pictures of the aliens, that really intrigued her. And that's what sold her on it. Which is that one line that's that she cool. reread it. It was like, okay. I don't like that's kind of cool. That's kind of how I heard that this, that's how Michael Caine picks his movies. Okay. Yeah, he, he reads the, the last first page. page, and then he reads the last page, and if his character's in the last page, he'll do it. You know what, Michael Caine, you can afford yeah, that, you know pal. Oh Fair enough. God. I just laughed my ass. So yeah, you know what, I want to be at that level. Read the first <laughs> page or the last. No, I'm not doing it. Why? I'm not on the last page. But you're right, if you're on the second last page, not the last. I want the fucking last line. Mm. Bitch. <laughs> Anyways, though, we're going way off topic. Kind of my bad. Jumping around a bit. It, it's fine. What we've learned from this is uh, Melinda Dillon, if you're out there, why it's available. <laughs> so yeah, we're, at, so we're, in, we're in India. Yeah, we're in India. They're doing the song and then they... Then uh, we have Francois Truffaut and Bob Balaban. Is Bob Balaban like the interpreter? Yeah. Yeah. I liked him. He was dope. Uh, I've actually got some advice from Bob Balaban like, and Steven Spielberg. Like about acting advice? Acting advice oh, okay. from the... Because in Bob Bob Balaban hadn't spoken French in years before this role. Oh, so he was actually like he actually knew French back in high school. Oh, but when they asked him if he could speak French, he was like in his head, I don't don't know a word. I don't know. He just suggested me, but I could probably learn it in time. Oh yeah, they give me the lines, I can learn it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he goes, you know what? I'm just gonna say I can do it. Goes to the interview with them. They ask him, also, oh, can you speak French? And in French, he says, I haven't spoken French since high school. I'm a bit rusty, but can learn. That's what he said in French. Okay, well then. Nobody there knew how to speak French. They thought he was just, like, bigging himself up, like, yeah, I can do this. Gave him the part. He's like, okay, I've got to learn French now. <laughs> well, if you know to say that, it probably won't be that hard to... Yeah. Because, like, I can say three words in French. Now... You at home, if you're budding actors, these are from these words are from the mouth of Steven Spielberg. It is important for actors to lie in interviews. From Spielberg. That's what get you parts. So when they oh go on. Just don't say dumb lies like you can swim and you can't, because that gets someone hurt. Okay, never mind. But yeah. I guess learning. I guess yeah, like a, like a little white line doesn't hurt. Because um, Doctor Cox from Scrubs, one of his first film roles he got, he had to be a pole vaulter. He has to run, jump up there, because uh, he he just come off a plane. His big director came up to him and goes, "Hey, do you want to do this pole vault? Uh, be in my film? You just be a pole vault for the Olympics? Kind of a funny film." He goes, "Yeah, I do it." He goes, "Okay," drives him up, and he's like, "I don't know how to pole vault." <laughs> I said, "I could do it. I don't know how to do it." So they take him to the site, everything's set up, and he's just there to walk through with like the producers and that. But he's seen his buddy, who can professionally pull vault, do it. So he's just like, weighs it, does all the steps, measures it out, and is pretending to measure it out. goes, yeah, I can do that. Because when, when we show him two months, he goes, okay, calls up his buddy. He's got two months to like, crash learn how to pull vault properly. Shows up on the day, first take, nails it. Oh, right on. Director comes up and goes, all right, we got it. He goes, I think I can do one more. Like, can we just go one more? Directly. 
you can't really pull for, can you? <laughs> He's like, no. He goes, you see that guy behind you there? Because yeah, that's a stunt double. He was going to do it for you. It's like, oh, he goes, I wanted you in. I asked you to be in this movie because I wanted you in the movie. I don't care if you can pull. <laughs> <laughs> I guess fair enough. Yeah, fuck it. The same thing happened to an actor in Eddie and the Cruisers. He plays like this prolific figure in this movie where he's like he sings and plays guitar the entire movie yeah. and in the audition the director's like okay can you play guitar and sing he's like yes I can do both oh books the role he's like listen bad news I did, do not I know. can't sing and I don't know guitar so fucking they had to do like a whole oh. crash course on guitar and then they had to get somebody to sing and him lip sync over top of it. But wow. he was such a, he's a, he still he is a really great actor. So the part he was just perfect for the part yeah, anyway. Yeah. So it was like and you like, can't even imagine anybody else in that role. True. And I guess like they, at the end of the day, if they really wanted you, they will work with you and say, yeah. okay, it's like you know what? And I, you're not the first person that lied to them. You're not the last. Yeah. So they're not gonna. And I think if anything, okay, you were truthful. We kind of knew your bullshit anyways, <laughs> but. Just don't lie and say you can drive stick when you can't and ruin a vintage car. Yeah, like don't do like the... Because who, who... Was it Amari telling us that? Or? I think it was Bart. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah it was yeah, Bart. Yeah, I think, yeah. Uh, Bart said that. Yeah, some, yeah someone's like, you know what I didn't do it doing? Fucking just completely destroyed. Yeah. So you know what? Lie and say you can speak Spanish, but just don't lie and say that you can box. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes. Yikes. Get fucking punched in the dome bad. So anyway, back to the... Uh, oh, so India. Or the French guy in the end box. Yeah, because we were talking about the French guys and stuff there. Uh, one thing I want to ask you. Did either of you think of this song when that was playing? <laughs> this is all I could think about. When it was the machine playing it. Oh, really? I was just like, wait, is this Fireflies? It's not. It's nothing similar to it. But my head was just saying, screaming fireflies is playing right now. Man, it's quite alright. Like, I, I had no idea. Cause, like, it, I know what you mean because I'm like, I heard this somewhere, I think. Because I've never seen this movie ever before uh, last week, so. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I've ever, like, even. I like, didn't even know what the fuck it was about, too, so. But I know what you mean. It was like, one of those, like, the sounds familiar, but I think it was like one of those, like, um, what's it called? You was like, like, deja vu kind of moment where you yeah. just, like, it's like this like guys thing where it's been played everywhere. We just haven't heard yeah. because of this movie. Yeah, it's such a big cultural phenomenon. Like I was telling you guys before we started the podcast. Like my mom, she told me she's like, if you do the, uh, uh, a lot of people from that from her generation and the generation of watching this movie yeah. know, exactly know exactly what movie is. you're talking about. Just because mm. it was of that time yeah. where all the you know everyone, right? It was a big yeah. movie. I mean, yeah. Like, we get out of India and they teach everybody the Do-Re-Mi sign. But it was in India where... Um, they got they it. And copied it to numbers. Because numbers they were getting. Yeah, because they brought it back and were teaching it to people on the team. Right, yeah. And then that's when we cut to, like, now everybody is sitting down on the hillside. And they're watching these things come back. And, like, the old people are playing cards. Then the freaking government Cult destroys life. their call card game. I'm sad. But yeah, no, they get like a bunch of numbers. And they receive it in like two 15-minute broadcasts. And it just keeps repeating, yeah. right? And it's 
And then good old Bob Balaban, because he was a cartographer before he was a uh, <laughs> Weirdest coincidence, might I add, and in a movie. Weirdest way of getting people to listen to you. Excuse me. Excuse me. I used to work on maps. <laughs> it's like, okay, bud, relax. <laughs> you are know, a unit. Yo, those are coordinates. Weird flex, but like... <laughs> And also, I think this is the funniest moment in the movie for me. It's like, we need a map, we need a map. There's a globe. <laughs> Bang! <laughs> and then the door just kicks open. <laughs> yeah. What are you doing? <laughs> that globe's worth $25,000. <laughs> we need this flipped over. Bang! <laughs> it's like, oh my god. Oh, that was fine. You know, good. It's good. Good. Because you know, some comedy in it. Yeah. Some little funny, haha, some jokes. The second half is a lot funnier than the first. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. And I think it's because now it's just like people th- are now trying to understand this thing, right? First, it's like, oh, what is it? Yeah. Oh, now we're we'll trying to understand it. This is, this is also when we get like full-on crazy Richard Dreyfus. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, well, I say this gets this becomes funny after the whole reporters meeting with the army. Yeah. And they were asking, like, what is this? What is this? And then got the guy like, oh, I seen Bigfoot. Yeah. 51 years ago, I seen him. Mm-hmm. Oh, I saw him. That whatever thing. And then you got, like, Wyatt's wife being escorted out. It's like. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just read my next note. What is it? After reporters are dicks. Read it. And it's when, like, the army is, uh, like, trying to decide what to do with the uh, location because they finally pinpointed down to uh, was it Devil's Devil's, Devil's Tower Devil's Tower and you go oh we'll just say there's like a nerve gas leak everywhere yeah you go no one's gonna believe there's a plague in this day and age I heard that today I was gonna bring that up too plague <laughs> yeah no one's gonna believe that no plagues don't happen right no what's happening today in the world nothing it's nothing. fucking sunny out I was playing some video games is Richard Dreyfus's character an anti-masker he I took off his mask. So. He yeah. took it off. And he was rallying people to take it off. Yeah, and he got he got freaking Jillian. For some reason, Jillian, I'm disappointed. For some reason, Jillian looked like she was wearing she was gonna go grab her mega hat from the back. I'm kidding. Just fucking. Oh yeah. No. Yeah, she was. She was ready. She was. She was ready. She was she, fucking. She was. Pissed. She was fucking biting at the fucking <laughs> bits. <laughs> Chomping at the steak. <laughs> Those masks off, they don't do anything. And then, like, fucking, what's his name? Terry or Larry comes with him. I think Terry. Uh, is it Terry? Is it Terry or Larry? I don't Watch know. Watch it be like some completely off. It's like Melvin or something. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Larry. Oh, okay. I, I, I tell you now because she's like, come on, Larry. There's sleep stuff. And he's like, oh, it's all good. Bam. <laughs> out like a light. I'm like, uh, my notes. Fuck sakes, Larry. <laughs> Fuck, fucking Larry. See, my notes for that was chemtrails, question mark. I mean what chemtrails is. Planes emitting like out of the fuel is like oh. chemtrails. Definitely gonna be talking about that. But it's gonna be for snakes on a plane. <laughs> I won't be here for that episode. I refuse to watch that movie. Oh my god. So that movie's two what one too many times. I haven't seen it. I've never seen it. I think I've seen it, I've seen it about three times. Oh, okay. First time yeah, terrified me because I just hate snakes. Second time I watched it because I'm like, oh, fuck you snakes. Third time I just watched for Samuel Jackson. But things why it's, I think that's why we all watch is for Samuel Jackson. Vancouver. Just to hear the fucking line. Vancouver boy with Taylor Hit, Taylor Kitsch. He's yeah, because yeah, wasn't he the, uh, yeah, he was one of the. Timmy Riggins. Yeah. He's a unit. 
Friday Night Lights, favorite character. So just like uh, Wyatt watching Snake Snow playing for the first time, that's when we have Richard Dreyfuss' full-on meltdown. <laughs> yep. After breaking his model in half, going, you know what, kid, watching Looney Tunes? I don't need to do this anymore. I need more. <laughs> I can understand the wife leaving at this point. Yeah, like I think she tried her best to like do... And she, I think she even said, like, I've tried to help you and, yeah. and be with you, but now it's like, now like you're just... Batch are crazy. You just and you know what he upgraded. <laughs> you just got a downgrade when you went to the picture. <laughs> this, this scene. There's something that pisses me off. He just fucking hawks it through the window, right? Yeah. <laughs> you see in the next scene that it was. You could have just pushed it up, Richard. That's a hundred dollars. Now it's probably it probably still is 150 in 1970s money, which what's that 10 bucks? But like, eh, pissed me off. But then once he started making it, we're inside. I'm like, this is actually pretty tight. Right. <laughs> I'm like, that's pretty cool. But then I also wrote down, how pissed are you that this is in your living room? Talk about in this scene, Richard Dreyfus. Absolutely. If I'm the garbage man in this scene, I'm freaking. <laughs> I am living. I'm, I've had enough. It's like, Richard Dreyfus, fuck you. You just dumped the garbage out on the ground. I'm. Who's going to clean this up? Yeah. Who's going to clean this he up? He has to. He's the garbage guy. <laughs> yeah. And now he's going to yell at my boss for being late. It's like, sorry, fucking goddamn. <laughs> sorry, you know Mr. Dreyfus. Yeah. <laughs> no, Dreyfus, throw all the garbage on the ground. Doesn't matter, fucking truck. You're fired. And then he's just like, ah, this is the fifth job today. <laughs> this is the fifth job today. <laughs> That's spiked. I do apologize for anyone wearing an headphones. Somebody, somebody's listening Someone's to this at work. It goes like this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, to, one of, to one of the, you know, listeners out there of the, you know, first of all, thank you for, you know, watching our content. And I do apologize for if I cause any type of hearing loss. It's enough of that. Chickens are let loose through the streets. Fucking duck ponds. Where the hell are we? We're in freaking Farmville. We're fucking on. It's we're fucking in uh, Old McDonald's fucking farm. Yeah. That's where yeah. McDonald's yeah. at the beginning gets all their food. <laughs> that's like it's all hey, the food. No. Mrs. Jenkins, we need some chickens over yeah. here. And that's where Ronnie Jr. comes in. He is Old McDonald. <laughs> oh, Boom. Oh, McDonald. Hey, boy. <laughs> Oh my god. But I just have a question. Why would you put that vision in his head? Like, why would you not explain it? Just say, hey, mountaintop, bam. But not say, like, not let him know it's a mountain. Not let him know it's, like, an area to go to. Just, uh. Yeah, yeah look at your shaving cream for a couple hours. Yeah. And then you might know. <laughs> Play with the mashed potatoes. That scene is so heartbreaking. When he's playing with the mashed potatoes? When he freaking keeps scooping the mashed potatoes oh. and the freaking shot with the kid in the background mm. crying. Oh. It's like the most heartbreaking part of this movie mm -hmm. for me when, when you're watching this family just start decaying yeah. from this. That, that, I wrote down in my notes, excellent kid acting. Like just, yeah. just great. It was like, holy shit. Like, I'm kind of jealous, but like, <laughs> like the guy is just, hey. That kid's freaking good at the craft. What can I say? Yeah. But yeah, now it, it's it, it's one of those things where it's like, why wouldn't you just be like, 
Hey, meet us at Double Tower at 10. Yeah, don't be late. Yeah, I can't be late yeah. at 10. Uh, I got a date. How about uh, 11? <laughs> yeah. You know, like, beep, boop, bop, beep, boop, bop. Ah. It's like, translate that. He says, uh, cancel the date, you fucking <laughs> asshole. He's <laughs> like, no, 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 I can't do that. Beep, boop, bop, boop, boop. <laughs> Fuck, I would have taken another one. You're left behind, pal. <laughs> We're getting somebody else's sunburn. <laughs> oh, my God. But, yeah, this is where we get the scene where they're, like, map. They're, like... That was the first. That was the first kind right there. Oh, that was the first encounter. That was, this, that was the fourth encounter sound. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's right, Steven Spielberg. We wrote the sequel. Yeah. <laughs> just, People, just hear it. We made the trilogy. <laughs> We're just hearing. It's like, what is a cinch? What's what? All right, Griffin, go. What's a cinch? Uh -huh. Kim Possible. I was just gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> no. There's a this scene that that happens when he builds the mold finally, and then you see it on the TV, the train crash, and he just will not look at the TV. Yeah. Like I wish I could scream into the TV, like Richard. Richard, please look at the TV. Nah, I'm gonna do mad potatoes. <laughs> Fuck you, dude. We're talking anyway. I am the alien. This is an encounter of the fourth kind. Now, look at the TV. Go but there. But again, one thing Spielberg is great at <laughs> is <laughs> foreground the background and showing a lot of information in one screen. He did yeah. it with Jaws, he did it with Dole as well. And in this, it's just one solid take of a whole phone conversation which George is having with his ex-wife now because mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure she told him he's le she's leaving him yeah you know you know you gotta we know you got a sweetie with those alien people go be with her then he, he's just like oh I don't know what to do and all that time he's just like one it's like one story ending the next one beginning here mm -hmm. yeah good and fancy yeah. yeah and it's perfect to see like you said like Instead of hearing like a bunch of dialogue and like, mm. blah, 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 like almost like just trying to advance the plot with introducing the character and for some reason they're talking, yeah, right to just get through it. Like you said, it's it's an inventive way of letting us know that it's happening now. Yeah. yeah. But all I could think of was, for God's sakes, look at the TV, Richard. Yeah. What the fuck, Richard? Richard? Down the phone. <laughs> Get off the phone. Right. Even then, after he puts the phone down, he's like... <sighs> he's just stressed, man. <sighs> the wolf will watch me. Off the phone! <laughs> he's just a, a stressed little boy. <laughs> you hit me with the phone, dick! <laughs> Sorry, I'm going through lines with the word phone in it. It's alright. I'm such a freaking... Okay, back. Back, back to the mood. Future. Let's uh, infiltrate a uh, military basically. Let's, yeah, pretty much. Let's drive through a bunch of people driving the other way. Yeah, the other way. Sorry, I'm turning. I'm I'm near turn around and doesn't go. And then the army guys just let him. Oh, he's fucking go. He's white. 
Yeah. Did you catch at the beginning when they were at the trains? Mm -hmm. Did you catch, or when they come back or whatever, he's driving through and people are like getting out. They get to the trains and there's just a guy selling gas masks yep. and chicken. Yeah, and, and, and yeah. dog. All I could think about was Alex Jones trying to sell that <laughs> oh. freaking COVID cure shit. Yeah. And I'm like, That's what I thought too. Like, well, that's Alex Jones right there. Yeah. I just wrote down, I'm like, Alex Jones selling gas masks. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, <laughs> you know, oh, I can't fucking do it. God, I gotta listen to him again. It's like I used to do it so well. Jesse Ventura. There's fucked up my voice. Fucking box. I'm doing his voice so much. It hurt my throat yeah. so much. Jesse Ventura's here to say that Alex. He's a lizard and It's kind of he kind of sounds like Hulk Hogan a little bit. A little bit, yeah. But like a little bit, but like not super like deep like Hulk Hogan. Sorry. But yeah, you can understand. Richard Dreyfus buying the gas mask and the chickens. Then we see Wyatt's wife again. Jillian's <laughs> <laughs> like, Richard! 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 Yeah, uh, and, then, and then he fucking pays attention to that, but not the fucking TV. My man, he knows what's up. He knows what's fucking. He knows what's. Uh, he knows what's important. Yeah, they, they rush, they hug, they make sure each other's okay. And then they go, hey, let's, let's storm the gate. <laughs> it was the Gary and 51. But then you've also got them driving down. And then the score, we have the DS Eerie plane. If you know the, the song oh, of the day. Wait, hold on. What's it? So I'm going to play the original Mozart version. Okay. And this is, is some film music, or like just music, theater, well, you know music what? theory stuff. It's when they were driving to the. Yeah, to the, the DS Eerie plays twice in this movie that I clocked. It's a Mozart. Oh, okay, oh, okay. With the sweeping shots of that freaking, like, the yeah. tower, it looks, this, this whole it, tower stuff, like, driving there is shot phenomenally. Mm -hmm. Like, everything is a low angle to show you just how, like, like, the, how big this thing is and how intimidating it is and, yeah. and showing you just how much it means. It's, yeah. it's such a beautifully shot sequence. But, like, nowadays, that, that song has been used in so many different movies. Uh, Star Wars. The, like, just below the Skywalker theme. Even in Lion King. Oh, okay. I don't hear it, but also I'm not uh, inclined. I, I want to see if they play the Shining version because that's the clearest one of it. Uh, I mean, I think, I'm, I it's almost one of those things I'm gonna have to like hear the original and hear that again just to like. Yeah, so I think. Yeah. So, so these kind of. Like, but this is how it's more commonly played in movies and stuff. But it's like, it's a song of the damned, essentially. Whenever this song is played, it's meant to, like, foreshadow something like bad. dangerous, like something the... bad's going to happen. I think they talk about that in Room 237, the, mm. the music, how, how he sets it up like that right off the beginning. And, and that's when I was watching this, like, oh, are they going to die right now? Are they driving to their death? But I'm guessing, no, it's the now or never type situation mm. that yeah. they're trying to show. Because not only does it play there, it plays when they're in the helicopter and they say, you've got five minutes. Yeah. Instead of counting down, this is a now and ever. It's just going to end here. Or it's going to keep going. I think like this movie to me really sums up. I wrote down in my notes. I said, 
I've always believed this, but now for sure, in this movie for sure, it's, it's, I think it's saying this. Music is the universal language. Mm-hmm. You can talk to somebody from, you know, who, who only speaks Spanish, but you can, you, they know the same song that you do. They know the lyrics. They know everything. It's a universal language to me. Everybody knows what it's like to hear their favorite song come on yeah. the radio. Yeah. And I think it that just goes to show you, like, music is a very big thing in this movie. Like, yeah. even notes-wise. Yeah. I mean, the music that they're using when the aliens come down is completely and utterly terrifying, the old music. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, the old tunes, oh, it's creepy. It's almost like um, when you watch Jeepers Creepers and they start playing that old tune. I haven't seen that. Ugh. Like... After you've seen it the first time, it's not really that scary. It's not really scary the first time, but okay. it's just when they start playing that old tune, it's kind of freaky. But well, it's like this bit whenever when you wish upon a star started playing, you're like oh something creepy's gonna happen, something spooky. Yeah. All right, so we're climbing the mountain, I think. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah one of them from the music, right, and then oh, yeah. that thing they were going to the yeah the mountain, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I just got one note on this whole thing after the whole chemtrails thing. My boy sliding horizontally. <laughs> Richard Dreyfus is sliding down a horizontal hill. <laughs> and I don't know how. I just... And physics in the 70s didn't really matter. Yeah. And then we have them finally coming onto the army base on top of uh, the Devil's Tower. Yeah. Pretty cool looking, to be honest. Yeah. Honestly, I, I love the look of this shot. Yeah. There's a lot of shots in this film, though, that are just spectacular. Just so well done. I mean, like, later on, like, there's, like, a shot that's wide, and there's just shooting stars Ooh. over top of Devil's Tower, and it just, it's, like, there's no other way to describe that shot other than beautiful. And that's when the real childlike wonder comes into this movie, is when mm-hmm. all the UFOs start appearing. And one thing I wish, I wish I could go back to 1977, watch this movie... At its premiere, with everyone there just being amazed at the music scene. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I, I was just watching that on my laptop. I was like, I, this needs to be bigger. <laughs> yeah. Be yeah. Bigger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, it's pretty crazy. I mean, the effects in this movie, for the for the time, especially in 77, they're really well done. They well, haven't really, like, they don't yeah. look that old. They don't look aged. No, and, and, and they don't look... Yeah, like they don't look aged. Yeah, like I said, they don't look like they don't look tacky or shitty. Like you know what I mean? Like they don't look cheesy. They don't look, you know, just they look pretty decent. Like we saw with Star Wars, you know, we did where those still stand up to time now. And mm-hmm. all thanks to practical effects, they're all miniatures that they built. Yeah, and it's real. It looks real because they were real. Yeah, I guess we know about the aliens coming in. The whole uh, oh yeah, with the yeah the, the dueling banjos. Yeah, I mean like. We see the shot of, of the Devil's Tower and we see these clouds and all I can think of is Ghostbusters. Like, mm. it's just like, it's such a, like, I feel like Ghostbusters took inspiration from a lot of this. Too. Yeah, probably. Like, probably from the clouds and stuff. I just, I, it looks like Zool is coming down mm. for me, but that's also because I saw that movie before this one. But yeah. I, I, I don't know. There's something to be said about, about the, the old school effects. It just, I don't know. It just... It makes me feel warm. Yeah, it's like... Some, I, I don't it's know like why. It's yeah. Just, uh, yeah. Like, it's like, yeah, like, it's, 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 yeah, it's like a good feel-good, like, yeah, warm, just... 
Oh, we're good. Yeah. And I don't know how to... I don't I, know I think why. It's it's because you can... Now we can see it's obviously fake. It's got that fantastical look to it. Yeah. And you're like, ah. Yeah, like it's just a nice warm feeling. Like when it's cold though and you have like a nice bowl of soup. And you know it's yeah. going to get warm, right? Like when you're cold, you're outside like playing in the snow or whatever. And like, or you're going, you know, you're skating around, whatever. And you get, you're freezing and then you just, you know, if it's tomato soup and grilled cheese, chicken noodle soup, whatever it is. Just soup. Hot soup. And then that's what it feels like. Any kind of old. Any movie from the 90s to older, that's what I get. It's a nice soup feeling. If it's a movie I like. Which is not every movie. I watched the first Scooby-Doo again a couple days ago. And that's, that, that's, yeah. that was one for me. Like, it's just, like, brings back so much freaking thing. Like, right? It's bringing, yeah, it's, and, it's, and, and, and I think that's what it is, nostalgia. Because, like, I know for me, a big one is fucking Space Jam. Mm-hmm. It's nostalgia and everything. But, uh, yeah, so, playing the fucking, yeah, fucking goddamn Guitar Hero. <laughs> right? Rock band's going on. And then, uh... <laughs> All I can think of is, at this point, from Rick and Morty... Show me what you got. <laughs> and I was like, all of a sudden, get shifting. Take your pants off. Shit on the floor. <laughs> no, that's all I could think of. I don't like. Oh. It's fair, man. It's all good. But and I was like, and then everybody starts like crowding the the runway oh. and all this stuff, and I'm, and this is where you get a real glimpse. At the freaking glasses in this movie. Oh my All god. All these people wearing glasses. It's like, oh my god. They're like, it's like walking that, around. Literally, like, the glasses are bullet. that big. It would stop a bullet. It's yeah. insane, the it's size. Like, it's the stereotypical <laughs> nerd. Like, you're a nerd. <laughs> He's like, we're just gonna. It's like, call the uh, aliens. I'm like, <laughs> oh my god. They're just like huge like they look like clown glasses yeah. you get a part at yeah, party, yeah, like party city. city yeah like party city yeah because <laughs> I was like oh my god right and then, and then like like you look and like in <laughs> if you go back and watch in the background there is a there's like everybody's like oh my god and then there's one guy literally like this in the background and you see him in one shot and he's like this right into the barrel of the camera he's like and then it cuts to another scene of the angle, and then you, you, all you see is this. Looking right at the camera in the cut, it's like he leaned into the frame and he's like this. Oh, I need to rewatch that now. <laughs> yeah, I'll show you at the end after this. Oh, that's fucking, it's the most, like, I was like, fucking so are bizarre. you kidding me? Fucking extra, man. So I decided, I decided, like... The only, I think, I've never been an extra, but I'm pretty sure like one of the only fucking reels is like, hey, don't look directly in the yeah. camera, please. It's the funniest. I watched it, and I was like, I kind of felt uncomfortable a little bit. Right? Like, Why is it looking at me? Oh, my God. I'm coming uh, up. Oh, uh, okay, we cut. <laughs> like, hey, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, <it's> like, <laughs> it's the funniest thing ever. That's fucked. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, and this is where we get, like, the, like the UFO comes and then Richard Dreyfus just shows up and everybody's so in awe of the UFOs they don't give a shit they're like but first Richard Dreyfus, Richard Dreyfus is macking on wise wife over there that's <laughs> alright I wrote down ooh he cheating ooh, ooh he cheating <laughs> and I was like ooh <laughs> that no. I was like I was like oh my god like <laughs> your wife and kids are at their freaking grandma's place and you're freaking up devil's Jillian. Like, come on, dude. Macking out, looking at the stars. Yeah, like having a romantic day. <laughs> like, oh my god. 
But also, like, they, they've been on the heat. Like, they both stink. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> At least him. Yeah. Like, she, like, you know, it seems like girls can never, like, smell bad. Usually. But, like, you know, God, like, unfortunately, I've Why is the love? Unfortunately, no. I'm saying, like, have you ever smelled? Like, have you ever smelled a bad woman? Like, no. They're always they always smell very clean. Men, we just, we just smell like fucking pigs. <laughs> so you know, like one of them is through, like Loki throwing up in their mouth. It's probably Jillian. Jillian's like, goddamn. Like, the, let's, the, say, let's say this: Richard Dreyfus has been sweating throughout yeah, this movie. Right? Yeah. Like, he yeah, like he's and like if he's like and like if he's like you know if he's like a guy like me and I'm, and I'm gonna talk for you both, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna say you're on my side of things. When you start sweating, you can start like you know sway starts. It's like you know, especially you start sweating down downstairs, and it's like oh my, and then it's like. The swass. The swass. I mean, I'm like, sweating right now, and I'm hard clenching my armpits together because I'm scared. Right? So it's so... Yeah, but that's just all I want to say. It's just, you know, one of them things. Fair enough. And then the fucking people come down. Or out of the... Yeah. There is one poor soul who had the job to play the most important song ever. And it's like, imagine the stress. He's like... Oh, yeah, you know... All I could imagine was the Looney Tunes with Bugs Bunny. He's like, oh, yeah, with yeah, the yeah. Uh, when he's the orchestra with the, <laughs> yeah. uh, with the maestro <clears throat> and the flyer, right? That one, right? Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, you better play those notes right, man. Oh, you know he's practicing. He's like, yeah, like if anything, I would like just if it was me, I'd like you need to like. One, two, three, four, five, okay, one, two, three, four, five. I think they had tape on the thing. Probably. I, mean, I, th- I thought I saw it in the shop, but this guy's like... There's going to be a fail safe that if he misses, he just automatically plays it for him. So. Yeah. Like 70s album, put on a fucking 8-track or something. Yeah, just like, you know, just get some band. Okay, you know, get some... Get Ray Charles, because he fucking master pianos. Him do it. Then just fucking record it. Then just guy like... But, uh... Yeah, then they come down. Not just fucking the um, the lost soldiers. A bunch of people. Dogs. They were abducted. There were animals. There was a dog. There was a dog. Out. I was so pumped. I saw a little poodle. I'm like, oh my god. Did you know what really like broke my heart about all of that? Hmm. Everyone's coming out of that ship from like 1945. Hey, welcome back, son. Your parents are dead. <laughs> hey, welcome back. Everyone you know and love has moved on. Right now. Imagine like the fucking flight guys like... Ah, jeez, I can't wait to see my sweetheart. I just got back from the airport. It's 1977. Oh, my God. It's like, dude, the last time you saw the planet Earth was in 45. And you're like, what's this thing that we got here? A car. <laughs> what? Everyone has cars and TVs. and It's a oh new thing. Oh, my God. It must be a Color TVs. But it's also like the U.S. government. You know, as soon as they like rehabilitate, all right, off you go. Oh yeah, they don't care. Off and no Wall money, Street. no now yeah, yeah, It's yeah. like off you go, and that's how cults start. <laughs> and that will be fucking next month's fucking. <laughs> some poor, some poor guy walks off the ship. He's like, oh jeez, I got abducted back in, you know. Back in forty-five. I got abducted back in forty-five. Hey, by the way, I got a cabin out in the woods. Everybody come. <laughs> Just saying, you never know because those guys are a little bit loony. But then they, but then they, you know, intrigue people. They tell stories, and then he just fucking. I don't and know. then they wait for Haley's comment. Yeah. yeah. They fuck they they play the song, trying to contact them, the aliens are like, 
I'm not going back there. She's like, fuck dude, you, dude. We dude, we're trapping. Barry. We're, going, <laughs> we're going to fucking Space McDonald's, getting a fucking, you know, goddamn milk, a galaxy fucking Milky Way fucking milkshake. I'm not fucking going back there. They just yeah. come down like, we already got Dreyfus. What do we need use for? Yeah. <laughs> they come down to get McDonald's on Earth. They're like, excuse me, can we get the galaxy milkshake? Sorry, the ice cream machine's out. You can't get any. This place is a shithole. Yeah, that's why they leave. <laughs> and that's why they left. Fuck you, McDonald's. <laughs> They're like, hey, look at this shithole. They can't even keep the lights on when we show up. <laughs> no one of them, like, no one of your machine doesn't work. What is this? You don't have the galaxy lights? <laughs> oh, my God. But Which, I'll, I'll, I'll leave this comment for, uh, after we're done talking about the movie. This is where we get... The fucking horrific alien fucking spider thing that I'm like, oh, oh that was creepy. I'm like, yeah, that's was... the moment when it's like, all right, have all your peeps, right? I'm like, oh, thanks, aliens. And then this thing reopens up. I'm like, oh, fuck. They just call all the boys down for the ship. They're like, all right, kill these fuckers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I for sure thought they were going to open fire. <laughs> and then that skeleton thing came out. I'm like, oh, my God, it's go time. He's just going to annihilate this whole runway. I was like, but they're cool. Spielberg. They were friends. Friendly. They were dope, man. They took Dreyfus up. Uh, Dreyfus had no problems leaving his children and wife. His children wife, his fucking new I mean, girlfriend. She left him. Yeah. Yeah, I, true. I think he was, he was kind of hoping for Julian to come with because he was kind of looking up at that. Where are you? You coming? No? All right. Okay. And then... Um, That's it. Really yeah, and Barry came back. But also, she got Barry. Or, you know, yeah. Julian got Barry back and That's what she wanted, yeah. right? Yeah. So. And everybody... Is safe. And then everybody's safe, and that's the movie, pretty much. Yeah. In a nutshell. Can we can we just say the tiny aliens, how funny they are without the light? <laughs> if you see them without the backlight, you just see the silhouettes of the actual mask itself. It's fucking hilarious. Let me see a picture of that. I don't remember. It's just like tiny bug eye creatures. It's... This is where you get the scene of the guy just staring straight down the barrel. Oh, over here. Okay. Oh, is that the same? It's like it cuts to everybody, and everybody's like. <laughs> There's one guy like, like look at that fucker. <laughs> oh yeah, it's like it's like ET almost. Yeah, it's like ET. Probably. I wrote that down. Is that ET? <laughs> yeah. ET found home. Maybe this is like them trying to find a planet for ET to go to. The one thing I will say about this movie too is at the end you are in awe with the character because yeah. you oh, waited yeah. that yeah. long yeah. to see them, and you see you know that he's correct, but everybody's thinking that he's crazy. But yeah. But what are you saying? Sorry. Uh, I was gonna say, uh, it's very smart on Spielberg and the designers to make the hand movements for the song, because that's all you can do with those hand puppets. Yeah, that's all you can do with those alien hands. Like, yeah, you can't really, you can't do anything. Yeah. I was like, why is it so simple? That's why. And leave it to like freaking John Williams to create notes to just be like. An anthem. He did it with fucking yeah. a bunch of other movies. Yeah. Jaws behind. I mean, he is, and I will fight anyone who who argues with this. He is the god of music score. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't tell me anybody different. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I have a question about the movie now. We're we're done talking about the movie now, right? Yeah. Right. Would you go on the trip? If you if you were like basically, hey, do you want to be one of the guys to go all back with them? Would if, you go? If I just. Like just right now. And right now. No. Your your life how it is right now, would you go no. on that ship? If they said you can go. No. Would you? 
Not a chance. Yeah. Fuck that. The guy walking up to it. I don't even. I don't even comprehend but the like, fucking guy playing piano. But like, would you? Would it be? Would it be an instant? Nah. Or would yeah. it be? Or, or would it be like? Uh, oh, would it be a quick? Like you know, it's gonna be a no. But like it's a quick pause, just to think. Like, mate, no. Sure. I would be busy wiping my ass after the humongous shit once that thing flies over and starts dropping. I'd be like, oh, but now. <laughs> Okay, fair enough. If I was in the same position as Richard Dreyfus, where my wife has left me, she's taken the kids. Your life's kind of fucked. You have no life anymore, right? Everyone thinks I'm the psycho. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I'm going. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, yeah. It'd be the same as me now going, no, it'd be the same. Yeah, I'm going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. Fair enough. Okay. Well, fair enough. All right. Well, that, ladies and gentlemen, was. Close Encounters of the Third Kind. <laughs> All right, so with Roswell, so it happened in, so Roswell happened in 1947. It's a huge kind of conspiracy theory that goes along with aliens. In 1947, there was a huge influx of UFO sightings, claims of sighting UFOs. And in the last three months of 1947, there was 300 claims. Wow. Oh. So a lot of people think it was because of like what was happening with the war or because of the nuclear bombs and the atomic bombs are being dropped. Yeah. A lot of people think that that's some of the reasoning. Because this is also the first time it's really come to the main zeitgeist of the U.S. with the yeah. sightings. Mm-hmm. Shit. Yeah. So, so Roswell, the, the story of Roswell goes that sometime, they say around June 14th, 1947, a aircraft crashed in the fields of Booster Ranch. The north, it's northwest from Roswell. And on July 4th, a guy named Mac Brazel got out to the crash site and he was supposed to pick up some of the debris and, and clean it up out there. And on, Jan, on July 7th, he took the debris to a local sheriff named George Wilcox. And Sheriff Wilcox then contract, contacted the Colonel Butch Blanchard at a nearby Army airfield. Yeah. So he takes it and makes it all the way up the chain to General Roger W. Rant. Ramy or Ramy, and he sends it to Major Jesse Marcel. And now Jesse Marcel has to go out to the crash site. This is where the conspiracy theory kind of starts. That's where now we have somebody from the Army airfield going out there high up. Now, on July 8th, Colonel Blanchard is briefed and tells the Lieutenant Walter Hunt to issue a press release stating that they have a flying saucer in their possession yeah. in Roswell. Yeah. Now, the paper got a hold of it, and it got into the news. Mm-hmm. That's when the, the the story completely changes. Now, General Ramey orders the crash debris to be taken to him in Fort Worth, Texas, so that he can inspect it himself. Yeah. After that, he then identifies it as pieces of weather balloons. Then he went on to issue his own press release stating that it was just a weather balloon. It was nothing out of the world, out of otherworldly. It was just a weather balloon and proceeds to snap the photo. That is the most famous photo with him on the floor looking at the debris. It's the most famous photo when it comes to this conspiracy theory. Now, on July 9th, the newspaper comes out where the ranch hand... Uh, Rizel, he said he was sorry that he told about it because he's been harassed for it. Yeah. 
He go he goes on to claim that all there all that was found was just rubber strips, tin foil, and tough paper and sticks. And the world pretty much forgot about the incident afterwards. Until 1978, when Stanton Freeman, a UFO researcher, interviewed Major Jesse Marcel, the guy who was sent out to go yep. get all the debris. Yep. Sorry, there's a lot of names and a lot of people. They don't talk good. So he said he believes that it was definitely not a weather balloon. He believes he that believes it was, it was a UFO. Yeah. He said it like the material that they found, it was light. It it couldn't bend. Like a sledgehammer would bounce right off of it. Oh. It was it, it was unlike anything he's ever seen. And so then Friedman went on to interview other people that were involved, and and he pretty much classified it as a cover-up. And his title that he called it was the Cosmic Watergate. He thought that this was an entire cover-up, and I don't know, like, it's pretty interesting. I mean, it's a story that's, that's such a piece of pop culture now. Yeah. It's like, where do you know when, when truth hits and when truth doesn't, yeah. you know? And I think you can see... Um, Lieutenant Marcel in the background of one of those pictures behind right here in this photo right there you can see him sitting on the uh, chair back there oh, yeah. I think that's him or it's Mac Brazel. I gotta check um, Colonel Thomas Ferrell. I don't know for sure but a lot of the conspiracies that go into this like a lot of the conspiracy theories that go in, one of them is that the government covered up and they covered this all up. They took the debris and it was taken to Area 51 where they deconstructed it and they pretty much put it into... Right now, they say that they're even trying to build the UFO itself. Okay. And now, And a lot of people believe that even after that, you see a lot of the the boom in technology start after the second world war so they were thinking that this could have been the cause for it in a sense of like now you have a bunch of new electronics for your household and stuff they thought that was what was propelling the the advancement in technology now a second theory is that it was a hidden government project and somebody crashed it out in the middle of of nowhere yeah and it was a cover-up of the hidden project that probably now honestly is unclassified like it's now declassified like it's one of those things that like at the time it it was such a weird turbulent time for the united states and the world after you know it's 1947 like you know what i mean so there was a lot of things that you hear about that were just undercover because nobody wanted other people to know what they had what weapons Mm -hmm. were going on so those are the two main conspiracy theories there's people to back up, like Bob Lazar can back up the he he believes that it was actually out of the, world out of out of the world and, okay. and that's what they got there. That's where the spaceship yeah. came from, kind of that thing. So, like I've been saying, pretty much this entire month, go check out Bob Lazar's Netflix documentary. It's pretty good. I watched it. It's, it's insane. Good. And the one thing I love, and I'll say it again, his story hasn't changed yeah. since '89. Yeah, it's the same fucking story, which is. Like almost to a T two, which is like okay, like this. That, yeah, that's why I think yeah, this guy's. There's some form of it, and he yeah. knew about this element before it came out. Element one fifteen. Like yeah. I, I, I truly believe that man. He has nothing to gain from it. Really, he's lost everything for it. Yeah. But I, I don't know. What do you guys think? What, 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 what would? Because uh, both, both theories, honestly, are very like both theories are very, very, very. Like they both, like to me, it's like I don't, I don't know, because like. 
it being just like a like, you know like a, a secret project the government was working on that someone crashed it fucking makes absolutely sense like makes the most sense but then at the same time it's like oh are they just saying that then to then because it is so it's, it's hard because I, I want to say it's out like you know out of world especially if like you know you get a sledgehammer and you hit it and it's bounced like, boom, like the you know to go like you know, cartoon yeah. kind of thing yeah. that's like okay like what like okay like most metals would sure it might not bust the thing but you know you would it would dent it yeah. at least, or dent or it scuff it scuff it right and if it was just like nope nothing happened it, it was still clear and you know you could still eat off it it was still brand new it was like yeah no, that's that's no unless the government has some type of metal that you know fucking like vibranium but like I, I, it's hard I don't know what I, what I, what I think I, I think I'm more leaning on to it is from out of the world but uh Ah, it's just because the second one also makes so much sense, and that's and why it's like fuck. I know. Okay. It's like it's because they always say, they they always say, what you know now, the government. This is what people believe. Mm-hmm. The government is fifty years advanced from what we know now. Yeah, I yeah I believe that. Yeah. Because I think they had submarines before World War Two, mm-hmm. or whenever they were dispatched, they were working on submarines fifty years before well, that. The helicopter Da Vinci was working on it. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's all shit. Like. Yeah, it's all yeah. Right. It's insane. What do you think? I I think it's if it is otherworldly, I would say something that size. I wouldn't say it's a UFO. I'd say it's a drone, more mm-hmm. than anything else, like a reconnaissance drone. Because I can see, from a practical standpoint, we're going to another world. We're sending stuff like that over there. Mm-hmm. From the material, it just looks too light to harbor anything. But again, in a government project, completely buy that too. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm also of the skeptical side. Yeah. Where I would believe that it's a government cover up than a government project. Yeah. If yeah. that makes sense. I know, I I know exactly what you mean. And I mean like I don't I do I really don't think this will be the last time that we talk about this conspiracy theory no. because I really I'm just scraping the surface of this. Oh, yeah. there, there's so much more in freaking ancient aliens mm-hmm. whatever oh. YouTube rabbit holes you can go yeah. through so I think we're definitely going to be back to this one as probably well. next week when we watch Paul because that's all about going to Roswell honestly yeah yeah but yeah we'll be right back with it I'll freaking find something else man mm-hmm. I'll finally watch that documentary too <laughs> yeah it's honestly maybe we can even talk about that at the end if we want to talk a bit about yeah. Bob Lazar yeah or- we want to do that. Yeah, just kind of touch, do a quick little 10 minute, 5 minute talk. So, yeah. Jason Bateman is Bob Lazar. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Like, but I just think, like, this is such a huge story that we're not really doing the justice of it on if we're doing no. you know, Yeah. Just skimming the surface. No, yeah. It was, and, like, and there's so much. And I think even, we can probably do two, three more episodes of all of yeah. this because it's just yeah. so much. And then you go, you think you talk about the cover ups or, like, how they were saying it's a classified. Government thing and all this. There's so much shit, but yeah, no. What do you think? Like, is it? Yeah, do you think it's the? I personally lean a little bit more towards. It's so hard because I want to believe that it's alien spaceships, but honestly, for me, I I believe wholeheartedly that it was a hidden government project. Yeah, and that's honestly what I would believe. That's not. But then when Bob Lazar comes out and says it, then I full-heartedly believe it yeah. because he's so honest when he speaks. Right. I'm going to have to watch that. Maybe we'll do this as a part one and we can do raw, more on Roswell next week if you yeah. guys are down. Yeah.
I think that's uh, that's wrap on now. So join us next week as we talk about Paul and we go more in depth with Roswell. This has been Captain Tin Hats. It's been Oliver, Wyatt, and Tucker. See you next week. Bye.